0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: And welcome. This is the World of Boating. Merry Christmas. Yes, we are working on Christmas Day. Uh, there is no uh, rest for the weary, uh, even for the World of Boating crew. The, the bonus for the entire World of Boating crew today is that uh, we're all getting holiday pay.
2: Yes. So for ah, Greg, yes, your first mate. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Barry, uh, Barry the boater, Captain Patrick, and uh, Mike the mariner. Uh, bonus pay for everyone today. Holiday pay.
3: Yeah. So, Greg sending me a tie pod so I could wash my one shirt.
1: Right. And <laughs> in, in the instructions say, uh, put this in your mouth. Your mouth. You, Thanks. Thank you. Right. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, Ebenezer. Yeah. yeah. Hey,
2: so, I just checked my account and I didn't see an auto deposit. There's something wrong. Did I give you
1: the wrong routing number? No, no, no. I think uh, that's, uh, that's typical protocol for... Uh, the
3: one in Bimini.
1: Uh, hmm Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Once again, you know, uh, double pay of nothing is nothing. So it is what it is, but Merry Christmas regardless. And everybody's in a nice uh, jovial mood to reflect on a, uh, I don't know, a, a crazy year. Is that right, Patrick? What do you think?
4: No, I wouldn't say crazy. Um, I would say, I would say challenging.
1: Okay. uh, That's fair. Yeah.
4: From the point of manufacturing and dealerships. And Mm. for those that own boats and have been using their boats, it's been, I think this year has been more challenging than the previous year as the supply chain issue really kind of came. Uh, to a head, so to speak, and you started to really see and feel and hear about the impact not only with manufacturing but with the dealers and more importantly with boat owners as not being able to get boats repaired, not being able to get fine parts uh, that is is what i what i believe
1: hm well we'll see uh i i it's in the eye of the beholder, I think we've had a incredible year for boating it's been a banner year for sales uh and and you know this whole COVID craziness you know boating has been one of the only uh refuges you know from from this nonsense and and, you know uh mike the mariner might back me up i don't Mm -hmm. know he got a new boat in 2021 and he's been living on uh living on the water quite a bit this year what do you think Uh, there mike are you with me or patrick i
2: mean you know, well, I mean, to me, um, boating is just an escape from yeah. the craziness that happens in the world. So we talked about supply chain issues. You know, those those issues are across the spectrum in many different industries, including the industry that I work in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, um, it causes stress and anxiety. You can't meet deadlines. Your customers are mad. All those things happen. So, you know, leaving on a Friday afternoon and going to the boat is just like a, a, a mind-clearing experience. You right. Know? It's just a place to be.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. It, Except
4: it's, I can't use the stuff on my boat because I'm waiting for parts.
1: Uh, yeah, it's still it, it may be. <laughs> you know, I mean, I always look at it the other way. I mean, I see what you're saying. It's been challenging for the manufacturers. But on yeah, the other and, side… And- it's uh you know it's it's great to be wanted to to not have enough product to sell that demand has been so strong for the manufacturers i mean it depends on how you look at it you know what i mean i mean it's better than them having product that they can't sell uh, they can't well, keep their uh, their shelves stocked that that's the, it, the it, thing right now
4: it's a feast or famine right, right. now mm-hmm. and and don't i don't want you to misconstrue uh, the answer that I gave in regard to your question, oh, not, I would never do being, that. I'm not being negative. <laughs> I, I'm saying that the, this year has been challenging and it's been more challenging. And the manufacturers have had to get innovative. Uh dealers have had to get innovative. And when you talk about there being, you know, a good thing where, you know, there's not enough product to go around, so to speak, that's actually bad. It's bad for the dealers because that they don't have anything to sell. They don't have any revenue coming in. They're waiting for the boats to come in from the manufacturers. Manufacturers can't get them the boats because they're waiting on backordered parts. Nobody's getting paid. So it, it starts this this domino effect that kind of goes all the way back. So it's not always a good thing. What manufacturers strive to do is to actually have a backlog of orders and have inventory out in the, uh, at their dealerships worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's what we look to do, right. but a manageable inventory. Cause once you sell all that out, and I think worldwide right now, I think we have, there's like 12 boats worldwide available that, for sale that are, that are in inventory. <laughs> oh, and okay, what they're, right. what they're doing is they're, they're work actively working on shifting those, getting a move to other dealers that, yeah, we can. We we've got somebody who wants that boat. Let's let's get it shipped over here. Mm-hmm. Presents a little bit of challenge when it's over in Europe um, or in uh, Southeast Asia, but just the same, the, the inventory worldwide is at an all time low, and yeah, it it drives up demand. Manufacturing orders are up, but you still have to build them. You still have to deliver them, and you're waiting on parts.
0: Barry, what say you?
4: And, well, part of that
3: reason is because so much manufacturing has left this country. Maybe it'll cause it to come back. But yep. I think it also will increase the the people that are, for whatever reason, want to get out of boating. It gives them an opportunity to get top dollar for their used boat, especially if they took care of it. So there's a yin to the yang of the new versus used. Mm-hmm.
1: Understood. And Barry uh, in the market to sell his vessel. Have you been uh, revisiting that thought late, lately because of the no, crazy no, because, prices
3: they're be, getting for used boats? No, no, because Patrick did say one thing that I might regret that later on. It's not that I don't want to go boating. It's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just it becomes a long day thing for me living all the way out west. Um, and going by myself is kind of boring. Uh, my daughter says that she can make some time to come out there with me. So that's what we plan on doing in the next couple of weeks while it's quiet.
1: Yeah, if you're going to sell your boat, you have to have plans to buy a bigger one, which is what uh, Mike the Mariner did this year. <laughs> yeah, but he has a place to stow it. I don't. Uh, I I bet you can find a place to stow it there, Barry. Yeah, you, you I'm just sure. going to think backyard.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he's hilarious.
4: Uh, if you anyway. look at Mike, it looks like somebody's leaving with his boat right now. He's not even on it. Yeah, what's up right. with that? Someone's right. stealing my boat. Oh no.
1: Yeah, those are on the uh upswing as well. So, you know, uh, these uh, uh it's a sign of a growing economy, I guess. I don't know. Or the growing pains of coming out of COVID. And let's hope it, it it continues. But yeah, there's there's some challenges. I agree with Patrick on that for sure, but but overall, you know, we've talked about this before. I I think this past year has really been you know I, I kind of wonder if five years from now we're going to look back at the year and go, Wow, uh, I wish we could go back to those days when we couldn't make enough boats to sell you know um, i, I don 't
4: know but I, I I, i'm going 'm going to be honest with you from a manufacturing standpoint no because it, again you want you want your orders coming in, you want an order backlog, but you want it to be manageable and it 's almost for domestic manufacturers it, it's almost to the point where it, it is unmanageable because you're making deals now with dealers and dealers are making deals with customers where okay we can get you your boat but um the marine heads the ceramic toilets are on back order or uh the uh, the, the bilge pumps or the the cabin windows are on back order that's okay i'll take it hmm.
3: you know and, 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 okay. and there's also an accounting issue if you want to keep cash flowing You want to keep your best employees. You want to keep all these workers employed so that when things ramp up, they can actually get the work done. Because if you don't, when it does ramp up, you're going to be shorthanded.
1: Well, once again, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, how it progresses. Mike, what say you? Well, I think,
3: you know, one of the
2: we've talked about this before. You know, it's been a very, very strange market, you know, with with COVID and everything and the ramp up of the boating industry. and you know, it's really a balance between building extra manufacturing capacity and, 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 and having just enough to get through this bubble. Because mm-hmm. what's going to happen is, you know, we're going to run out of buyers. Right. So many people are rushing to the market to buy boats new and used and everything else. I, there, there's a, there, there are a couple of dealers here in central Florida that I drive by quite frequently. Just in the past few weeks, I've noticed, hey, they have inventory again. Their their lot is full of boats, new and used. And so so I think manufacturing is catching up. I just hope that we're not going to end up uh, having a glut of...
1: Well, and and I guess that's what I'm saying. You know, if we look uh, five years into the future, will we look back and say, oh, man, I wish we had that kind of demand uh, now that we had then? Patrick?
4: Actually, Mike, those aren't new boats or used boats inventory. Those are boats that are waiting for repair and or parts.
1: Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> could be, could be some truth to that. Alright, we got more coming up on this holiday edition of the World of Boating. Merry Christmas. Ho ho ho.
0: You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network You have successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Feliz Navidad. That means Merry Christmas in Spanish.
1: Say it. Feliz Navidad.
0: Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad.
1: This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick Barry, the boater, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew on this uh, Christmas Day. Yeah, we're working. Uh, hopefully you're not and celebrating the uh, holiday accordingly and uh, making the best of it and just kicking back. Drinking some eggnog and uh, listening to the world of boating, maybe picking up a tip or two or arguing with uh, the voices you hear on the radio right now. And we apologize in advance for that. But it's just what we do sometimes. You know, uh, at the end of the year, you do reflect back on uh, how the year has been. It has definitely been a challenging one for the world in general with COVID, uh, for the boating industry in general. I mean, it depends on how you look at it, I guess. They can't make enough boats to sell. That's a good thing. But, of course, it'd be nice to have more boats that they could sell and make more money as far as from a manufacturing standpoint. So it, uh, I guess it depends on how you look at it from that perspective. But we have other things to kind of navigate along those lines. Like, I don't know, you're asking the crew, Patrick, that uh, we should uh, kind of reflect on what our, our favorite boating story of 2021 is for today. Is that what you were asking? Uh, it
4: could be the favorite or what you feel was the top boating story or boat related story for 2021. I okay. mean, most, most of that stuff we've talked about over the past year, but there may be something, uh, that we haven't covered that, uh, one of the crew kind of latched onto Greg. We're not even going to ask you cause I know it's going to involve a cruise ship, <laughs> um, and go karts. Yeah. So it, we're just going to move right on past that. Those are impressive. And, uh, going to, going <laughs> to throw it to Barry, Barry, you gotta, you gotta pick.
3: Uh, my pick this year was the uh, dredging of the Hallover Sandbar. This is one of the most famous places for people to go out and throw out an anchor and spend the day on the water. And uh, what the Army Corps of Engineers wants to do is dredge it and use that sand to shore up the beach for the Bal Harbour residents.
1: Yeah, but that won't, uh, won't that uh, ruin all the uh, Hallover uh, YouTube videos? Yes.
3: It it it'll it, well. No, the YouTube videos of them going out to sea, no, that's a whole different story. That's fun. Right. But if they dredge,
1: you're going to make it uh, much more smoother
3: for those boaters, won't they? No, no, no. They're not dredging that that canal. They're dredging the sandbar where we go out there, throw out an acre, spend the day eating and swimming, Mm. and it's shallow. I mean, during low tide, it gets down to about one foot. At high tide, it's maybe three to four feet. Right. They want to dredge us down so that it'll be six to seven feet. It'll really ruin it for a lot of families, especially all those new boaters that do come out there. This place is packed. Did you say new boaters
1: or nude boaters? Because, both new. Yeah. Well, both, it could
3: be both, right. Yeah, depending both. on the day.
1: Yeah, because you see a lot of those uh, cruising out of the uh, Hallover, uh Inlet on YouTube.
3: I mean because you you like it when it's wavy i know that
1: well yeah, i mean yeah uh, the <laughs> there's some ladies and you know some boat fluff bouncing yep. around in ways they're not supposed to <laughs> you uh,
3: know, but, but but it is it's a it's entertaining be- yeah because mm-hmm. this is one of the most popular spots to bring your boat during the
1: weekend and whoo yeah okay so it sounds like patrick is a fan of the army corps of engineers like he'd like to I, see the sandbar disappear you, is that the case you
4: you and nothing against the Army Corps of Engineers. I mean, um, we know how well that cross Florida barge canal went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, they got it done. Fa- they just took a little extra they, time. How far did they make it with that? <laughs> About mm. halfway. Yeah. yeah. Thank God they never completed it. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh In this particular case, uh, yeah, it's well past time. Dredge that sucker. And um, why? The, why? They, what do they, you have
1: against sandbars? No,
3: no, no. They could dredge the intracostal part of it, which they haven't done in a long time. I mean, they have little portable sea buoys there. It's really shallow there. Mm-hmm. They could dredge that, but why dredge the main part of the sandbar that so many people use?
1: Well, because we, uh, the people, uh, you know, the rich folks in the area probably don't like people congregating out there on the sandbar and creating hazards What's that? Yeah, three That's words. What?
4: Hazard to navigation.
3: Okay. So is well, uh, some of the topless women out there, but there's not too many everyone we
4: can dredge the sandbar and they will find another place to go uh, run their bows up onto the beach
1: is that a euphemism for something that no uh, no because
4: then what they do is they, they they these people don't go and set their anchors they they run their bows up on there the tide goes out then they're stranded um, and then you, you know, boats are laying over on their sides, and toes out there. seatos really going to be and, and boat though they're going to be the ones that probably take a hit financially. Sure, because, sure. Uh, yeah, you know, right. all, all that stuff's going to disappear. But it, it is in one of the worst places, if you will, because uh, it's on your way out to the inlet. Uh, you've got your your fuel stations and that on the, the one side. Uh, people go and launch over at haul over. They motor out for three minutes with their, a, you know, $150,000 center console put up <laughs> on the beach and go party for the day. You mm-hmm. can go swim from, from the s- haul over boat ramp out to this place and do the same exact thing.
3: You, you could. You could do that. But, uh, no, they still have a dredged area for the boats that go out haul over. They have two dredged areas. They do need to open up one area. And they need to open up the intracoastal where it passes Beer Can Island. Uh, but that's where a lot of people will end up is Beer Can Island. And that island is already a mess. No one goes out there to
1: clean it. So, uh, yeah, a lot it, of beer cans, I'm assuming.
3: Oh, beer cans, couches, bodies, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. all mm. kinds of things wash up out there. Okay. All
1: so, right. out yeah. of
4: everything we talked about this year, that's your pick, Barry? Uh, it's uh, To me, the S.
3: Yes. Uh, okay. no,
1: it's in his backyard. So, I, yeah, I'm not.
4: Yeah. I'm, you you, greg you're taking it like i'm i don't no. no, no. i'm just defending him
1: i'm saying i i understand why he thinks it's his he uh, doesn't need you to defend
4: him he's a a grown man no he can speak for himself i'm an ancient person
1: look at him yeah he's old and
4: frail
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) my body's finally healing from my surgeries don't you have a
4: go-kart to go drive greg
1: quit it just stop right now (laughs) (laughs) all right well who's next in their favorite story of 2021
4: I'll it's go be next. Mike.
1: All right, Mike. Yeah, I'll go
2: next. So, so when I think about innovation in in the industry, um, one of the things that uh, we talked about on a previous show was, you know, the largest three D printed object in the world happens to be a boat. Really,
1: and they did thought...
2: a, they, Yeah, they built. They, they did a three D um, printed um, boat. Um, uh, it's called, uh, uni- well, the University of Maine uh, was involved with it at their composite center. And I, I just think it's it's neat because it expands the possibilities for production efficiency in creating boats. So the more the technologies like this come online, the more accessible boating is to everybody because, it, you know, yeah. they'll produce boats for less cost. Right, um, they put people like be-
1: Captain Patrick out of business. No, no, no. The, no, the,
2: <laughs> the industry... The industry will pivot to that, and oh, okay. you know yeah, this yeah. boat is not perfect. You know they uh, they had some issues with it being you know heavier than it really should be, yeah. and things like that. But,
1: <laughs> like oh. about ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, here it comes, Patrick. Not a fan but, but of the, the Computra. You know, uh, taking over. You know, his uh, his livelihood. But we'll we'll talk more about it next. Stay close.
0: Listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Listening to the World of Voting Radio Network. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh my God! Santa here? I know him. He's no. coming, coming, he's coming, coming. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Coming, coming.
1: This is the world of voting Gregor First Mate. Hopefully, Santa's already come to your town. Uh, if he hadn't done it at this point, then uh, he's run a little bit late, or you've been very, very bad this year. Which uh, might explain what happened to Barry. You didn't get squat, did you? Was well, it cold? I
3: am Jewish, though. So. Oh, there's that.
1: I guess. No, all actually, right.
3: I have a friend. I have a friend in uh, <laughs> out in Washington or Oregon who sent me a really nice gift, and I wasn't expecting. So, yeah, uh, a box
1: yeah. of rocks or what? No, no, I'm not going to say
3: what it is. Oh, okay, That's all right.
1: Well, there you oh. go. All right, all right. So, uh, Mike the Mariner says the uh, story of the year once again was what?
2: Oh, talking about the the, the largest three D printed object in the world happens to be a boat.
1: Okay, I love it. Now, how big yeah. was the boat? Do you remember? Uh, three no, feet. Think, no, no, no. <laughs> it weighed three no, it, tons. I, also, it, it cost
4: it, it, one point two million
2: dollars. Mm-hmm. It probably <laughs> did. It probably did for the for this effort. But uh, I believe it's probably about uh, you know twenty five feet long. It okay. looks looks to me and. Um, you know, we were talking about you know the fact that it's you know it's got some issues. It, it, it's the first one; it's a prototype, so right. things like weight and and some of the details are uh, needing to be refined over time. But mm-hmm. they'll figure that out. And, yeah, and and you know, computers are already used heavily in both production, especially you know, like in uh, for manufacturers like uh, where Captain Patrick works. Um, they download you know three D designs into um, these things it, it, these machines that 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 cut uh components automatically right and so this is just a, a an extension of that, mm-hmm. and uh this really goes to uh points to what the future will be in terms of production efficiency because of the design and the the electronic the the, the use of electronics and mm-hmm. and um software to design the componentry in three d format is already there this is this is just moving that to
1: a more that's efficient right production yeah, yeah, yeah. from process. concept to completion uh this well, is you, probably be, the future yeah
3: barry you'll and, be it you'll be able to customize it you know look at an outline of what would you like for your boat you want this particular setup or this particular setup and then it'll be easy to just pick and everything will be engineered already
1: to work around it so it's not a bad idea mm-hmm. not it's, not going to work not going to work, says uh, Captain yeah. Patrick, who, who, thinks, it, 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 who hates there, everything it, technology. No, it, <laughs> no, he doesn't.
4: There, there, there's a couple things that are going to keep that from really moving into that part of manufacturing. One is going to be the cost of the equipment is going to be really prohibitive mm-hmm. for many, many decades before you can put it into use like that to where that cost, um, as it gets passed on to the consumer, is something that the consumer is, is willing to to pay for right now, again, decades off from that happening. Also, if you remember back in the day when Genmar uh was uh still a corporation, um Erwin Jacobs uh heralded the advance or the introduction of uh VTech, uh which which was they were stamping hulls using uh high pressure water uh compression and that was supposed to like mass produce and mm-hmm. we're gonna you know they're gonna flood the market and you know what? It didn't really go anywhere. In fact, one of the things that uh, ultimately led to the breakup of Genmar was all that money being sunk into that that Beck technology, and it it just it, it was so cost prohibitive to get into manufacturing that the break even for the manufacturer, in this case, Genmar as a corporation, was decades mm-hmm. in, into the future before. It would be actually profitable,
1: Mike. What say you?
4: Right. So, but but the fact is,
1: manufacturing
2: processes are advancing. You know, at an exponential pace. The way you build boats today does not look at all like the way they built. You know, Hatteras back in 1965. It's a completely different process. It's more efficient. The, the materials are better, um, and and of course, you know, your computers are now. You know, central to the design and execution of that, but I, so 3D printing has been around for a long time, especially in the defense industry, and now you're starting to see it move into okay the, the boat uh, a boat production mm-hmm. uh, effort. So I I do believe that technologies like this 3D printing will will eventually become affordable. And there will be a return on investment that will allow it to roll into uh, the production process.
4: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't say that wouldn't happen. I just said it's decades. Mm,
1: I don't
3: think it. I don't
4: long.
1: think it'd be that long.
4: I, I don't
3: know if it's going to be decades. Uh, I follow Rocketry a lot and yeah. Rocket Lab,
4: which is out of New Zealand,
3: three D three D prints all of its engines, hmm. and they work every time. Yeah, so I the, the to, key is,
1: I think, is uh, you know, as the technology catches up. Well the computers take over humanity before this all takes place.
4: All right, hold on, uh, hold on. Hopefully ferry. by then we'll be under, you know Rockets 60 ha- under. Rockets have one job and one job only, and that is to go straight up. And blow up. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, yeah, only mind blow have up. One
2: job, and <laughs> one job only, and that is to float. Boat, That's right. Boat,
4: well, not not <laughs> to float. They're they're they have to be able to move across the water in a wide range of conditions. Uh, with a wide range of boat owners and hopefully still be able to float in the process. And to withstand withstand those conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, But but you don't have to necessarily 3D
3: print the hull. You can do other sections of the boat that you know that can work out with. I I think it will. I think using that, using lasers to cut out all of the materials so it fits within a sixteenth or or thirty seconds of an inch, nice
4: and tight. I think all that technology is coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, with uh, as Mike pointed out, I mean we in manufacturing the 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 manufacturer that I work for in particular, and and Mike probably has some secondhand knowledge of of that type of machinery that we were talking about. You know, back when I started there, we were doing everything with hand routers or pivot routers, uh, off of wood patterns. And, you know, those parts would change because they'd wear down. And, you know, all of a sudden a cushion that was perfectly fit is now you got, it's, it's loose and it's not the same. And you have to order replacement cushion and it doesn't fit things of that nature. Now, not only with the substrates that we use, but also with the, the vinyl material, that's all cut via computer as well. So it is literally, it's the same part every time, little to no variance from one to another when they
1: come off of the router. Consistency. That's what the computers are providing. Sure. Yeah. So I I think, Mike, uh, I think that's a pretty good observation. Uh, I don't know if I would say it's the top story of 2021, but sure, it's up there. Uh, 3D printed boat. And that, that was the biggest one. Uh, at least so far, right? It's the only one. Well, it's the only
2: 3D printed boat, but it's the largest 3D printed object.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
2: ever ever done that? That that's the the, the cool the thing, thing about. It happens to be a boat, right? And also the heaviest.
3: Yeah. Also the heaviest. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they used oh, a lot of, They <laughs> used hot glue to glue it all together. Well, you know,
1: uh, Barry's boat. You know, he has that thing that's made out of like what uh, milk it's cartons. Made out
3: of it's made out of polyethylene powder. Right. And it was put into a large mold. If you ever went to the zoos there other places and had little animals molded. Yeah. You know, you put but that's in a what a three
1: D printer th- does. It, well it no, it, that kinda? does
3: not what a three D a three D printer takes a material and actually builds it up using computer program for X, Y, and Z.
1: Uh-huh. But I mean uh, it's still one it solid it, object, is what I'm saying. Well,
3: yeah. And and again, these rocket engines that Rocket Lab use, they're obviously three D printing with uh titanium or some kind of metal, which is an amazing thing in itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but if you took so that m- milk carton goo and uh, put it in the 3D printer, to, you could just you, you know hit hit print, and you got a new uh, Barry boat. As yeah, but saying. you
3: could do the same thing the way it is right now with just these molds and the powder. But you could 3D print the bolts, or you could get you know do that kind of stuff, get that ready. Right, right.
2: You don't have to do the whole boat in a 3D print. But to Barry's point earlier. Uh, I I certainly believe that you know techniques like this will move into production. So componentry, you know, maybe the deck, uh, the consoles, things mm-hmm. like that, will 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 be done first. Yeah, three uh, D printing. Well, yeah,
1: you, you know, if you said uh, I want to print Barry's boat, but I want to uh, on the side, it have, have like it injected into the side of the boat, like this is Greg's boat, not Barry's. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can customize them. <laughs> And uh, just get exactly what you want. Who knows? It's the future. Anything could happen, or we could all be dead tomorrow. And uh, how's that for a nice little holiday note uh, to end that thought on? Or wait, wait. I don't know. Do we have uh, Patrick has to share his uh, top story right still? Who me? Yeah. Do you have one? The guy who bought the subject up. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Greg. Okay. Well, we'll see if he has one. I I don't know. He he's acting like he doesn't. Uh, but maybe he does. You'll have to stick around and find out on The World of Voting.
0: You're listening to The World of Voting Radio Network. Successfully navigated the Sea of Commerce, and now are clear to cruise with the World of Boating. I do like the one—the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea, air, good friends. Brought to you by WorldofBoating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Christmas means glittering lights, gaily wrapped gifts. That's right. Sounds of laughter and good cheer to the folks at preparation age. It means a time to pause for a few, a few moments.
1: <laughs> this is the World of Boating Greg, your first mate. That is me along Captain Patrick Barry the Boater, Mike the Mariner. Merry Christmas to you! It doesn't get much better than this. That's us after Christmas dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think uh, a lot of families listening right now can relate. As uh, Uncle Dave, he's had a little too much turkey, a roast beast. And uh, it's wreaked havoc with his digestive system. And hey, if he can sing a Christmas tune, uh, I mean that's just uh, bonus, right?
3: I want to say thank you. No comment. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, I want let- to say yeah. Go I ahead. I want Barry. to say I want to say thank you to Paul and Brian for the gifts they sent
1: me. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. So Barry has two friends.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's nice to know. Uh, all right. yes. <laughs> so, uh, best stories for boating in 2021. The last, but not least, person who needs to share that thought with the crew is uh, Captain Patrick. So, what do you got, Patrick?
4: Um, before I do that, um, yeah. Greg. You want to thank a of, couple people, too? No, fan of oh. 3D printing and guitars. I was going to say, because um, I didn't
1: get would, him anything, so would, he, he, would,
4: he didn't get a gift would, from me. Would you prefer a 3D printed... Uh, Les Paul or an actually hand built, um, by luthier, um, Les Paul. Hmm. You know what the correct answer is? Yeah.
3: You're asking a guy who had a fiberglass, uh, uh, done guitar at one point. Yeah, but that
1: was, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. What fiberglass guitar do I have?
3: The one the uh, Ovation guitar with the uh, it has the the bottom side of it is is not. Man-made materials?
1: You mean uh, plastic, maybe? Yeah, I've got got one of those. Uh, I don't have an ovation. I don't know what you're talking about, Barry. You did at one time? No, you're... Years ago! Don't confuse me with Patrick. I've got one. Okay. Yeah, Patrick has one. one. But no, The answer to your question is, uh, I don't care, as long as it plays (laughs) great and uh, looks like a Les Paul, like a Gibson Les Paul. But, you know, the thing is, I already got one. Yeah, and, uh, okay. did they use a Whatever. computer uh, yeah. on mine to recreate that magic from a 1950s style gold top last ball? Oh, hell yeah.
4: They did. Wait, wait to shirt the question. Okay. So my answer, <laughs> uh, for the top voting story, yeah. it's, it's actually two that are related into one, if you will. So. Uh, Volvo Penta made the decision at the beginning of the year. They were dropping the seven Marine uh, outboards that they had purchased like just a couple years previous. Hmm. So they just uh, unexpectedly said, you know, the, the future for us um, is not in outboards. We're going to focus on stern drive gas, uh, stern drive diesel, IPS diesel, and moving forward into, of course, e-propulsion. Uh, that leads us into... Really, what I think was the biggest story, and that was Mercury Marine unveiling their first six hundred horsepower v twelve Verado outboard
1: okay, so uh, one leaves and the other comes in to fill the void.
4: well, one you know the the seven marine stuff, what Bobo Penta did with that, they did so that they were able to mate their uh, wet clutch design. Um, they did the twin prop on the lower housing. But they just decided, you know, after putting that money into it, they were, we're going to drop it. Mercury Marine, uh, we did have, uh, I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name, but right from um, uh, Lake X. Uh, we, I think we had him on for the whole show going over the, all the uh, features of the uh, V12 uh, outboard. The fact that the upper housing stays fixed and it's just the lower unit that turns. Um, it oh, is a yeah. twin prop. Um, The service interval is a ridiculous amount of time and ridiculous. I mean, ridiculously good, uh, you know, before you even have to take that big, huge main cowling off. Uh, And it's something that has been received extremely well by manufacturers, especially since uh, a large majority of them are offering outboards on their product line. Not just the runabouts anymore, as we've seen over the last uh, 10 years. Uh, larger boats that 20 years ago, if somebody would say, you know, we're we're going to do a triple-engine, 42-foot flybridge boat, you'd be like, <laughs> you're out of your mind. And nobody's, nobody, you can't do that. And now you can.
1: Okay. Well, that makes sense. And just for the record, uh, Lake X, yeah, no one knows where that is. Everybody uh, knows where that is. No, they don't, and it surrounds the le- you know the land of the misfit toys. That's where they are. Only Santa uh, knows where the Lake location. X is
4: off of Old Melbourne Highway. Shush, and, uh, quiet. Out here, quiet. Uh, There's out, kids out listening. Here in Central Florida. Everybody knows where it is. You can't get in there. It is heavily, and when I say heavily, it is heavily fortified. You know it when you approach it because that's when you notice the chain link with the barbed wire. You would think that you're approaching a prison facility. Hmm. It really is designed not to keep people in, but to keep people out. Right. Um, there, there's security checkpoints you have to go because I've been there probably half a dozen times over the years. Uh, it is a very unique facility that Carl Kiefer built back in the day for do endurance testing, uh, some contests, uh, races, things like that. They got observation towers. It's got its own private landing strip, Greg. Yeah. And smack dab um, in
1: the middle of it, it's the island of the misfit toys. And that's where they are all those <sighs> toys from Rudolph that are broken and capping, you know, feeling just- real sad. And there's a Norwall somewhere anyway, in there, too, I ta- think.
4: Talking about the Verado, when I was talking about the service, the servicing intervals extend to 200 hours of operation uh, plus five years, 1,000 hours for additional maintenance. So wow. your, your service intervals are, as I said, Surprisingly long in that, uh, it's got the flip-up cowl for easy access to do all your your basic fluid checks and things like that.
1: You I are am. a fan of that outboard, and that is your mm. biggest story of twenty twenty-one. I think that's not a bad pick, Patrick. I'm with you. Can you say that again? It's a Christmas yeah. miracle. I know. <laughs> 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 and on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember: whether it's sail or motor, <laughs> life, life is, is better. better as a, as
3: a motor
1: Safe boating, everyone.
0: A barnacle bitten swab World of Voting is brought to you by worldofvoting.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to your son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at worldofboating.com. <gasps> Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. <laughs>
1: dot com.